0: You're listening to College Hockey Southwest
1: Live. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey Southwest Live for August 8th, 2021. Tonight's scheduled guest, Air Force Director of Hockey Operation Chad Demiers. Behind the Mask College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in college hockey since 2013 behind the mask hockey shops visit any of our three valley locations or go to behindthemask.com behind whether you're on ice or in line UNLV hockey ACHA division one hockey under the bright lights of Las Vegas Jesse Ray's barbecue dine-in take-out, catering your next event or your next event at Allegiant Stadium we're at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas Caesars Entertainment Resorts Anywhere you want to go, you can bet there's a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. By Boost Mobile. With Boost Mobile, you always get plans and phones that fit your needs. And by Burrito Express, the East Valley's home of the always available breakfast burrito. Go to burritoexpress.com for the location near you. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein.
2: All right, welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us live tonight on the Podbean app, this is College Hockey Southwest Live. It's our NCAA show, the reaction show, as I like to call it, as uh, we like to react to everything happening in NCAA hockey in the Southwest. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, joining me from that beautiful palatial estate that I understand might be a little soggy today out on Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you? Uh, trying to dry off. <laughs> That—that's it. Just trying to dry off that well, big I don't palatial really know estate you got. To, I mean, you pa- could Yeah, just...
1: palatial estate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I love that. That's that's hysterical. You know, that's that's great. I, 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 uh, I, I to me, that's a hyster- every. The, the, I, I got to uh,
2: break the ice a little bit.
1: I now, know. Then, I, right? I don't. I don't, I don't <laughs> uh you know, to not bother me and just uh i, just, I always I, 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 I would lo- love to really i love to have you draw out what your idea of a palatial estate is so that we can compare it to what i actually live <laughs> in. Oh, i love it well as
2: i mentioned this is college hockey southwest live it's our reaction show since we have no games being played in ncw right to. now there's not a whole lot to react to i i lied there's all kinds of stuff to react to because yeah, our guest tonight coming on in about 15 minutes with us paul um i haven't seen him in years uh, and when i saw him last um he was at the fargo Force. but before that i can remember this guy tearing it up in north dakota uh, leading his uh, dakota stars team to a uh u16 national championship and uh his career just blossomed from there it went on to uh to play at air force and now uh proud to say is back at air force as as the director of hockey we're going to get to chad Demir's in a little bit here um but first things first let's uh find out what's going
1: on in the world of college hockey anything new and exciting this week um well actually um you uh, saw that. Uh, I don't know if you, you you may or may not have seen it, uh, but uh, you had uh, John Butchgrass put out his early top sixteen. I did see that. Um, uh, don't ASU just hide it from not... us. Tell, well, tell us who it is. <laughs> oh, I thought you did see it. I mean, I I, just... I
2: did see it, but oh, okay. tell everybody that's listening who it is. Well, it's Who's not a shock one? that
1: Michigan's number one, right? <laughs> it it, it yep. can't be a shock. That NHL team, you mean? Yeah, basically. Yeah, the,
2: the, I, and it's not the Detroit Red Wings either.
1: <laughs> Michigan
2: might challenge the Red Wings if they had a game.
1: Well, this year, anyway, or at least in the beginning. I, I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's it's funny to say that, but I mean, there's, there's so much talent. Come on, there's, there's there's an entire first team, theoretically. I mean, they've five any five any first round draft picks on that team. I know if it's everybody crazy. comes back, and even if they don't, what if if three of the five come back? Holy so, smokes!
2: But let me tell you, by what, the way, let, and, let me tell you what Jess Myers told us. Though he said there's only one problem with that: you got to have somebody stop the puck. Well, yeah, okay, that's fine,
1: but we'll you got to have the gotta, the other team has to have the puck in order to stop it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, and, and and I don't even and and, and that was what five first round picks this year or four first round picks this year. And I'm not even sure off the top of my head, if that includes Brendan Brisson, who may or may not sign with Vegas this year. I don't think he will, but he will not. So he'll be back there that. too. Yep. Uh, yep. And, and we're not even talking about guys that might've been picked in the second or third round. You're right. We're just
2: talking about the first rounders. That's all they care about there. Yeah, Mel Pearson, he only likes uh, first round picks.
1: Yeah, clearly. I mean, you, you're a <laughs> second round pick. Yeah. The heck with you. Exactly. Um, Oh my Lord. Uh, followed by Saint. Cloud and UMass, even though they didn't finish that way in the national championship game last year.
2: Uh, and the reasoning behind that I'm guessing is they think UMass lost something or what?
1: Oh I, I, listen I mean the, the, you, you, the early that's that's putting a third early. I mean that's I, some people might think that's insulting because you're the defend you're the defending national champs. I don't know if in this case that is insulting. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we
2: know what Saint Cloud's got coming back. They've got a bunch. So that's just uh, about
1: everybody coming back from from their team too. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and 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 UMass lost their starting goalie. They lost Lindbergh. I mean, not that the other guy didn't get them to the championship game, but still, that's not quite the same. Um. I am sure that they are um, playing this up big time in your old neck of the woods. Uh, after a few hours that uh, he has Minnesota State for, and uh, that other maroon and gold team at five. What
2: what maroon and gold team is that?
1: You know that other one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. That had all the Olympians. Uh, yeah. Practice. Okay. Okay. Uh, You know, BC, Cornell, your Bulldogs at eight, North Dakota, nine, BU, 10, Harvard, 11, Quinnipiac, 12, uh, Providence, Omaha, Wisconsin, and uh, American International rounding out the bottom five or six in that case. So, I mean, there's that, that's, there's that today. I mean, that that's that's, that's new not it something. I don't yeah. listen. I, I well,
2: you, you can't know what argue what
1: with Michigan first, can you?
2: No, but you know what I did Friday, right? I
1: oh yeah, on top I on the get sixth to floor
2: too. of the uh, the parking garage again, my favorite one in Tempe, lot number fifty nine. I found out.
1: Yeah. I, oh, you didn't know that
2: that was lot fifty nine? Uh, no. I well, I kind of figured that out, but uh yeah, lot fifty nine. Oh, listen, so I
1: climbed man. to the top. I I, I parked there. One hundred nine degrees. There was no parking garage when I parked there. <laughs> right? <laughs> were there cars when you were there? Or? Uh, yes, there okay. were. They Just had check. to hand crank them to start them, but okay. they had them. <laughs> okay.
2: Anyway, so I get to the top of the parking garage and look down, and lo and behold, there is a structure on that yes. thing. Six months almost to the day since they started digging ground there. Um, there's a structure up. You can definitely see there's going
1: to be a building. Nothing I believe virtual you told me it. that it's sexy. Am I correct definitely! On that? Oh, it is flat out sexy. <laughs>
2: okay, I just wanted to get, it get that It gets sexier there. by the day. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, so it's about time we get a we get a rink on campus. And that will be happening about a year from now because it's six yeah. months in. It's about an eighteen month build. So about this time next year, I'll be on top of that garage and I won't see anything but roof. Okay. (laughs) You'll be happy with that. I'll be happy about that. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Absolutely. So that's what's happening at Arizona State. Last week, we talked with uh, the head coach at Colorado College, um, and uh, we found out an awful lot about their program and where they're headed. Tonight, we're going to find out a lot more about Air Force, um, not from the mouth of Frank. (laughs) Frank, Uh, Well,
1: listen, (laughs) um, I'd better speak now because – (laughs) <laughs> and, and I don't and I don't know his personality cuz obviously it, you you know we've not yet had a chance to speak but um you know we all know what uh the uh, coach's personality is and what right. of the
3: coach
1: <laughs> Yeah, he absolutely. Is, he is oh, you know, he's he's great interview. I mean, you just say Hello, and he goes yep. from there. I, I mean, was just going
2: to say, you say hello and just let it go.
1: <laughs>
2: so you know, anyway, we're going to find out more about Air Force hockey tonight. Um, yeah. Also, um, Denver being real quiet with what's going on up there. Yeah. not A whole lot. Um, so we're going to dig into that maybe on Tuesday night, maybe next Sunday night. We'll dig into what's going on with the Pioneers. And we know uh, ASU, in aside from their building, they're just chomping at the bit to get going. I mean, those guys down here are ready they want to get on the ice. It's been too long since they played at home. What, what are we calling this again? Hashtag um, last ride in Oceanside?
1: Okay, you know me. I don't pay any attention to that stuff. <laughs> I know you don't.
2: <laughs> so anyway, that Oceanside's going to get its last ride. And, um, you know, uh, Coach Powers let everybody know the first part of this week that um, they are the only school in America that has five teams, five hockey teams on campus.
1: Pretty impressive. Um, man, no, it's listen, pretty impressive. It's, 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 it is without a doubt. You know, people talk about there's hockey at ASU. Well, there you go. I yeah. mean, pure and, and simple.
2: And it's becoming better and better hockey at every level. We had, uh, you, you joined me on Wednesday night when we had Lindsay Ellis on and She talked about the women's club side of things. And how uh, how they're building their program? Yep. We both speculated out loud that we think they're going to be an NCAA program at some point. It uh, yeah. just it seems to make sense. Um, the facilities there and the program is building in that direction, so that would be good news. For sure. So all kinds of good stuff to talk about. So unless you've got something else, let's take a quick break and let's come back and bring our guest on because we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk to uh, Chad Demers
1: about. Yeah, go for it. All right, we'll do it.
3: Hi everybody. This is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day hand sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and and, and gear uh, this product is available here at my shop it's available on my website at www.oxipow.com and you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the united states thrilled to have you with us
0: the nation's top teams america's number one conference is back See every play, every hit, every goal on nchc.tv. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen faceoff. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv.
2: Really, JR, you think you can
1: still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening oh. to everything you said, it's been running through my head, locked and loaded.
0: All right,
2: still got it. Still got it. Who's old now?
0: You're listening to College Hockey Southwest
2: Live. All right. Welcome back in, hockey fans. This is College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by our friends over at Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona, as always, tonight. My co host out on Long Island, New York, Paul Hornstein. And, Paul, it is our. Uh, pleasure to introduce the newest director of hockey at the Air Force Academy. Um, Let me give you a little quick insight before we uh, bring Chad Demers on. Um, I saw this kid play when he was 13, 14, 15, 16, and then I saw him play again at at the uh, Fargo Force in the junior ranks. He tore up North Dakota hockey, Paul. So Chad, Scott, and Paul with you. Thanks for joining us tonight. How are you, my friend?
3: Hey, Scott, Paul. Great to be on with you guys. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about you?
2: Uh, we're we're loving it here. Uh, I'm in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's a mere 110 today, and Paul's out on Long Island where it's raining. So, and, and you got this beautiful uh, beautiful landscape of the the Rocky Mountains in Colorado Springs. So
3: I think you win, Chad. I do. Yeah. You know <laughs> what? Today is actually my first day out here. Uh, really? I love uh, it. Yeah. Couple couple long days in the car. Uh, my oh. wife and I just making the trek out here um, pull on a U-Haul. So we just actually got into our house today. So getting settled in and meet up with Frank and the staff in the morning and get things rolling.
1: Where did the drive start from?
3: Moorhead, Minnesota.
2: (laughs) Oh, I've been that route Chad. I know, I know all what you're talking about. Uh, okay. So here's the first question right off the get go. What's it like to be
3: recruited by Frank Saratori twice? (laughs) <laughs> that's a good one yeah and i heard i heard paul putting the uh, pressure on me before the interview here no no, no 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 no, no, no. there's up... no pressure <laughs> get, listen well, i'll have you know right now is nobody does an interview like frank as no. you guys know but i'll uh <laughs> try to do the best i can um frank's uh he's a great recruiter uh he was able to get me Convinced me one time that the academy was the best thing for me, both as a player uh, and and just in my professional life. And then uh, now, once again, he's lured me back, uh, this time in a different role, but another hockey role. And, yeah, I, just, I can't say no to the guy. What can I say?
1: Well, listen, I totally understand that because one, once he starts talking, it's, it's spellbinding. You just... Like just go ahead. You don't need us to. You don't need us to interrupt. Just keep going. I mean, uh, he he's one of my old. He's one of my favorites. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. And um, it I, it, it is honestly, I, I understand what's on the other end, but I don't understand wh- why everybody doesn't go there after he gets done
3: talking. I really don't. <laughs> I I actually uh, I have a funny story about that. I was I was trying to think of a funny Frank Serratore story that I could tell you guys. And actually it, it has to do with recruiting. Um, so while we're on the topic, I'll just tell it to you now. Um, so when I was on my official visit, um, during my third year of Fargo, my dad and I, we went out to the Academy to visit, did the whole deal, spent the day with, uh, coach Andy Berg showed us around the town, around the school, went to some classes with, uh, Jock Lamru who's a volunteer there now. Um, and, and we, we did the, the whole deal. And right at the end of, uh, of the day of the recruiting trip, uh, Frank, we, we, we were walking by Frank's office and my dad and I and Andy, we were just going <laughs> to, we were going to pop in and, and tell him, you know, thank you for everything. We really appreciate all that. Well, as we're, as we're walking down the hallway towards his office, we can we can hear him and he's just giving it to somebody on the phone like somebody somebody made him mad and he's he's in an argument with somebody and you know he's using some colorful language as <laughs> as he's known to do from time to time really <laughs> and so we just kind of waited and then uh you know after he hung up the phone we just poked our head in you know said said thank you and all that and shook his hands and he looks at my dad and he goes well, I'll tell you one thing. If your son comes here, uh, he won't be dealing with and Mr. Rogers. <laughs> 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 and uh, my dad loved it. And I, I guess I liked it too and spent the next four years with him.
2: Awesome. Yeah, Uh, let let me tell you my recent story with Frank. And Frank and I go (laughs) way back, being Minnesota guys. But uh, the recent story is uh, I went out there to do a feature on the Air Force Academy about I don't know four months ago now. And um, when I got there, he he, I texted. He said, "Text me when you get to the front gate." So I did, and uh, he said, "Okay, I'll be right there." And he pulls up in his truck and he jumps out and he's got Joe with him. And he says, "Ah, I'm sicker than the dog. I've been waiting for you to get here, but I'm sicker than the dog. I gotta go. Joe's gonna take you in, and and Joe brought me in through the gates and got me in there. And then and then he hands me off to Andy, and and poor Andy had no idea what I was there for. Uh, and the next thing you know, Andy and I are going through old times and going through a feature. But it was a typical Frank. Uh, he hung around and waited until I got there, and then he snuck me onto the the academy." And, and hand it uh, over to Andy, but it was so much fun. And man, what yeah. a facility you guys have there right now. So you've got to be really excited about that.
3: Yeah, yeah, I am. And you know, I actually, I have back here in, in quite a while now. Um, you know, I graduated in 2015. And then um, when I was coaching, a, I was actually coaching a peewee team while I was doing my Air Force commitment out in LA. Um, I got us into a tournament up here but that was still prior to all the rink renovations and the locker room renovation and all that. So so I haven't seen any of that other than pictures. So I'm excited to get in there tomorrow and see all the upgrades to the facility and the locker room. And, yeah, it's just – I mean, it's just state-of-the-art college hockey facility, you know.
1: Now, the, the, the only thing I can, I can compare <clears throat> that to is um... – was it late? I can't know. I guess it would have to be two years ago now, right? Um, when I made my first trip back to the actual ASU campus, um, the stuff around the campus was unrecognizable except for one or two places. When I actually got onto the guts of the campus, I was like, oh, yeah, this is where I was for a long time until they kicked me out. And <laughs> yeah, I went kicking and screaming, I promise. Um, And and so I I can only imagine that's kind of what you're going to go through in the next few weeks, except you'll get an actual chance to explore uh, all the nooks and crannies. I I don't know how much freedom you had on campus when you were a student.
3: Well, Uh, that's what I was, it'll it'll be a little bit different being there, not as a cadet and having some more freedom and freedom to, to leave and go home at night after the day uh, when you want to and, (laughs) and not be stuck there so yeah that'll definitely be a big change i'll probably get some you know flashbacks the first couple days there just from the cadet days but no it'll be good it'll be fun to to go back and see the campus again and you know like you said it's it's a beautiful campus i mean it's just it's a it's a place to be and to be from and i'm looking forward to going back
2: Chad, uh, let's go backwards uh, from right now back to your playing days in North Dakota. But um, what's your expectations? Uh, and and Paul asked me this before. He goes, one of the questions I want to know is, what does a director of hockey do at the Air Force Academy?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good question. So it's you know one of the biggest changes for me is going to be you know I I spent the last year coaching in the USHL and working directly with the players every day, helping them, you know, both individually and then, you know, from a, from a team structure system standpoint, um, you know, and and doing a lot, doing a lot of, of that part in, in, actually directly coaching the players in this role and, and different, different universities utilize the hockey operations role differently. You know, some schools it's more of an, administrative position or it's just video or, you know, and, and, and I don't really know what all of them do. Um, but my expectation here is to work directly with the coaching staff, with Frank, with Joe and Andy, and, and there's going to be a lot of video work involved. Um, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, another thing is, you know, I'm not allowed to, to recruit players, you know so that that'll be that'll be different as well so um as far as what it all entails uh i don't exactly know yet but i know that it'll be a no kidding hockey role um and i think i think a, the bulk of my duties will come from a video standpoint and just really assisting assisting the coaches and in, in whatever whatever area I'm asked to.
1: So basically, you'll just be a jackal trades. What? Well, or
3: am I misrepresenting <laughs> that? No, I mean, I th- I think that's part of it. Uh, it. It is just it's a little difficult, I guess, for me to answer just because I, I haven't I haven't, I haven't s- done it yet. Done it, I haven't done it yet, um, and I've just yeah I had conversations with Frank and and the rest of the staff uh, about what kind of what the expectations are. But, yeah, I think it'll be a little bit of jack-of-all-trades. But it's it's going to be more working with the coaching staff more so than working with the players, which will be a big change.
2: Okay, so for those that don't know, you spent a few years uh, in the coaching staff with the Fargo Force, and you guys had a lot of success there. Anything that's done under Kerry Eads is uh, – <laughs> is pretty intense. I know, but, uh, tell us a little bit about that experience of of being with the Fargo force as a coach. Sure.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, once, once my military was over, um, you know, and and I've known for, for a long time that, that I always wanted to work in hockey. Like it's, it's what I want to do. I probably knew it while I was playing hockey. Like I just, I, kind of had a knack for, I like watching coaches and what they did. And like, I was like, you know, like the player who was kind of dialed in on video meetings and like, I, I enjoyed that stuff. I would ask for more of it. Um, so, so I always watched the coaches that I had and I just thought, thought it something that I'd want to get into. So, um, actually I, Frank helped me, uh, get my foot in the door in Fargo. So even though I played in Fargo, um none of the staff that I played for, not, none of them were there, you know, when I was trying to get into coaching. So even though Carrie's, I I kinda knew him, but I didn't really know him all that well personally at the time. Um Frank actually made a call to Carrie on my behalf and I was able to, as a volunteer assistant coach. And at the time I was still living in Grand Forks, North Dakota which is about an hour down the road from Fargo. So I was, I was commuting back and forth every day and just doing any, anything I could. I just wanted to get my feet wet. Um, you know, obviously learn from guys like Carrie, Pierre, Paul Lamro, Eli Rosendahl was the other assistant there at the time. And so I was, I was not traveling with the team, but I was there for all the home games. I was there for every practice. I was doing all the video in game and, you know, you know, whatever I could to cut my teeth. And then that next season, um, I was hired on as a full-time assistant coach. Um, and we actually, we, we had a really good team. We were getting ready to make a run, uh, a playoff run and COVID shut us down. And then the this Boy, is past that a familiar season, thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like happened to everybody, but, and then this past season, um, was actually promoted to the associate head coach, uh, under Pierre Paul Lamoureux, who is Jock younger brother, Jocks Lamoureux, is a Air Force Falcon. Great. One of the best goal scorers who ever played at the Academy. Um, and so I, I took on a lot more responsibility this last year. Um, we were able to make, uh, we were able to win the Western conference, and ultimately uh, lost to the Chicago steel in the Clark cup finals. But we had a heck of a group. Uh, I learned a lot, Um, really got a ton of experience coaching um, that I just, I don't think I I would have gotten anywhere else. So I I feel well prepared for this next chapter in my professional career.
1: By the way, I watched those four games of the Clark Cup Finals. Um, that Chicago team was loaded, and and in that first game, uh, you guys shut them down from the drop of the opening puck. I, I mean, I think they came back angry after that, but uh, whatever you guys did in that first game, uh, I, I would imagine that, that you guys were like, all right. If we do this, we can win. And and I'm watching the game I'm like Holy smokes. there. Did you expect to shut them yeah. down like that even in course, one man. game? I'm not saying lose, but I'm saying shut them down the way you did in that first game.
3: Yeah, I mean you're you're spot on. I mean we we knew going in to I mean, Chicago's been the best team in the league for for two full seasons now. Um yeah you know, they've, they produced a ton of talent. I mean, obviously you know, Owen power first overall this in this year's draft, you know, not to mention you know a handful of other high draft picks. Right. Um, but we, we had to play a certain style of hockey that is not the style of hockey that Chicago plays. Um, and we like, we, we were a hard, we were hard to play against. And, yeah. um, we were a physical group. We were structured, but not overly structured. Um, but it, you know, it was just, and then, you know, it, it, it helps to, uh, you know, s- s- stop all the pucks. Who you know, we had a, we had a shutout uh, with Andrew Miller who stood on his head for a couple games, but, but nonetheless, I mean, we just played a certain brand of hockey that's kind of our MO, um, we're a tough team. We defend hard. We don't give a lot up. Um, but then just after game one, we just kind of never got, never got it going again. Like we, we were okay. Um, but, you know, just we weren't as tough defensively. We gave up too many chances. And when you're playing a team with that kind of skill level, you know, you're, you're going to get hurt. And ultimately that's what happened. Um, still, proud of the group but it it was it was tough to swallow just you know after that first game playing so well and and playing how we knew we needed to play if we wanted to beat a team like that
1: well I thought your goalie was great all all series I mean I
3: know the one game was
1: was 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 not close but uh, I thought your goalie was great in that entire series
3: yeah and that was you know he he's got a great story and I don't know if you know if you know the backstory on, on Andrew Miller, but he he was our backup pretty much all season. So we right. had a uh, Brennan Boynton, who's going to the University of Minnesota. He you know he just he played so well early on in the season, and you know, when when Andrew would get in, he kind of had some slow starts, he let goals, and he just you know couldn't string together uh, solid performances. And, and it's tough when when a goalie like Brennan Boynton's is playing as well as he is. You know, you, you end up kind of having to ride them for a while because you know we you know, we're in the business of winning as well as development, and then um, we're in the in that Sioux City series in the Western Conference Finals, and uh, Brennan Boynton gets s- thrown out of the game and then suspended for the next two games, and uh, Andrew Miller doesn't give up a goal. It plays the best hockey <laughs> of his life. Shut. Sh- finishes off uh, the game in Sioux City, gets a shutout in the series clinching game, and then goes into Chicago on the road and shuts them out in game one against the best offense in the league. And it was just – it just showed a ton of resiliency in a kid who just stayed ready, stayed ready, prepared, didn't didn't whine. And one of the best parts of it is, like, when he had those performances, he did – Brennan Boyne was the first guy to greet him off the ice and just was so happy for his teammate. And it was just, it was a really cool moment.
2: Okay. So, so Chad, let's jump to your playing days at air force because I, when we were prepping for the show, I told Paul, I said, let me tell you one thing about Chad. I said, he is one of the toughest uh, souls I've ever seen. Um, Even from your days when I saw you back in North Dakota and I was there from uh, your 13, 14, 15, 16 years, Um, and I was trying to explain to Paul that Grafton park river is, um, very small and you guys were always up against it, even in North Dakota, because of the red river, it's in the centrals at grand forks and, and minots and Bismarck's. And uh, I said, just take a look at the games played for Chad. I said, see how many times he missed games and there weren't many. So uh, tell us a little bit about your resiliency and your ability to stay on the ice.
3: Yeah, you know, um, it's funny, like, obviously, well, in, in high school, you know, I didn't miss any games. Um, but when I got to junior hockey, um, I actually had a series of injuries my first couple years. Um, and when I was actually when I was in high school, I had some some foot issues um, that were bothering me. So I'd have I had a foot surgery. But of course, I did it not during the hockey season. And I Didn't have to miss any games, but, uh, my first year in, in Fargo, I had another, another foot issue. Um, I was only about 22, 23 games into the season and I ended up having to have an operation on it. It Shut me down the rest of the year, which was a hard pill to swallow. I just, I kind of missed a whole year. And then, and then the following, um, my second juniors, uh, had a separated shoulder or sorry, that was my third year juniors. Um, and then my second year juniors, I actually broke a bone in my hand. It was also out for a while. So I think I kind of ran through like the bad injury bug while playing junior hockey. And then I got to college hockey and played 156 games in a row. Um, not that there wasn't any pain involved, but I just <laughs> – I, I, I had some luck along the way. Like I just didn't have anything major that held me out for a long point of time and, uh, you know, try to keep myself in best shape as I could and stretch and do, you know, whatever I could so I wouldn't have any sort of like soft tissue injuries or anything like that. But no broken bones um, except, except maybe a finger um but other than that i was i managed to stay healthy and stay on the ice and that was you know th- that's really important and and it makes trust me after you go through kind of a series of injuries just being healthy and being able to be out there every night just makes the game of hockey a lot more enjoyable and more fun
1: well it's the games that you look forward to right i mean <laughs> uh, practices are one thing you you put up with practices so you can play the games yeah,
3: absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. you know, simple as that. I mean, even from a from a coaching perspective, and and, and, and you know that too. Um, as as coaches, not that I coached at anywhere near the level that you did, but uh, but practices are like, oh, you know, you know I, I let's go to the games. The games you get all pumped up for and ready to go, and let's go yeah. and and. Practice is just something you do because you have to.
3: <laughs> well, I tell you, when you're play, when you're coaching the USHL, and you, I think this season we had long, and you only play games on the weekends, so it's great for development. But as a coach, it's really important that you uh, intentionally, you know, make practices. You're you're getting something out of it, but players have to enjoy coming in the rink, um, or else they're going they're not going to want to stick around yeah. when March, April, May come around. They're going to be ready to go home. So it's really important that that you uh, create an environment that players want to stick around, and you do that, you know, with practice.
2: Chad, uh, Frank told me earlier. He said. Uh, he thinks that the academy, I asked him what was different about the academy, obviously, uh, aside from the obvious things, I should say. And he said one of the things is he thinks that the, the cadets at the academy look forward to practice because the rest of it is so difficult. Uh,
3: fair statement? hundred percent. And it's, it's the same reason that uh, the Air Force guys really look forward to road trips. <laughs> um, cause you get to leave, you get to leave earlier in the week. Um, you know, and don't get me wrong. We love, love playing at home, love playing in front of, in front of our fans. But, you know, especially if, especially freshman year, and you've been at school all summer, you know, you've been in the dorms, You do, like the first road trip you have, kind of get away and be with your teammates and be on, you know, a business trip, a hockey trip, but, but a fun trip. You know, with your friends and your teammates, it's, you really look forward to that, and you, and you value it. Uh, you know, probably more, you know, than than players at other schools.
2: Okay, so I want to ask you this: I talked about your toughness on the ice and your ability to stay on the ice at Air Force, and you filled me in on what happened at at Fargo. But then, after you get done with um, with your time at the Air Force Academy you come into something that uh, we all never want to hear. It's a C word, right? And we never want to hear that yeah. word spoken anywhere. And uh, tell us, if you can, a little bit. I know it's been well documented. Maybe our audience hasn't quite heard. Just how strong of a person you are.
3: Sure, yeah, and I'll, I'll try not to be too long-winded. But uh, so um, I, I said before, I, I did my, my first – uh, Air Force Studio in Los Angeles Air Force Base and then after that I had I had two years of commitment left and I volunteered for a job at the University of North Dakota. Um, so I was teaching ROTC at the University of North Dakota and while I was there, um, I was on my first month on the job and I was having some cognitive issues um, mainly being like word recall, um, you know could, couldn't remember, simple words, couldn't remember um, <coughs> you know, just what I wanted to say, or I had trouble articulating myself. And then you can imagine how uncomfortable this can be. So I, in the job I was doing, I was teaching a senior level course um, to college students. And yeah, I prepare lesson plans. I, I'd be all all prepared for class, ready to go, ready to teach. I'd get up there in front of you know, 20 students, and I would have zero recollection of what I was going to talk about. Or I would, even sometimes worse, is I would know what I was trying to say, but like my mind was not able to find the words uh, in our, to articulate what I was trying to, the point I was trying to get across. And I just couldn't find the words, couldn't find the words. So, so I went into the doctor initially, and um, they, they didn't really know what was wrong and they didn't, they didn't do any scans or anything. They actually thought maybe I was going through like about it with anxiety or something. And, uh, I just told me, I don't, I don't think I am. Um, I don't feel anxious or, or anything like that. Um, but then the more they talked to me about, the more I kind of started thinking, almost convincing myself, like maybe I do have something going on mental health wise, you know, which there's no problem with that, but I just didn't feel like that was the issue. And, um, just shortly after that, um, I, the symptoms started getting worse and worse. And I actually sat down at my computer. I was, um, trying to find the number to the clinic to, to call and make, to just say, I got to come in, like I'm losing my mind. And when I looked down at the keyboard, I couldn't, I couldn't read a keyboard. So I I would see, I saw a keyboard full of letters, but I couldn't piece anything together. I couldn't type, I couldn't spell. So I ended up uh, getting rushed to the emergency room uh, that day. They did a CT scan and at the time, didn't know how severe it was. Um, Turns out uh, it ended up being a little worse than we thought. so the type of cancer I have is called glioblastoma, which is uh, a grade four uh, brain cancer. Um, I was diagnosed just about three years ago. So in September 6, so just about a month from now, will be, we'll be three years. Um, and, and I guess just going back after I, I went into the emergency room, I ended up having emergency cr- craniotomy the next day, and then recovered at home, still not knowing how bad the cancer was that the pathology results take take a bit, um, probably a week and a half or so, and then found out it was a grade four. From there, took all my doctoring down to the Mayo Clinic. I actually lived, lived in a hotel down in Rochester, Minnesota for six, doing radiation, chemotherapy, um, all of that. Um, and, to get, and my doctors there, I mean, they're the best in the world. They do amazing work. Um, after that, I did six more additional months of chemotherapy, and that's while I was the volunteer assistant in Fargo. Um, and after that time, I haven't had to do any more chemotherapy or radiation. Um, currently, I am on a three month cycle of going back for doctor's appointments to do scans and checkups and all of those have been, have been really good. I was actually just there last week and the scans, the scans were all clear. So, so things are going well. Um, And then the one other piece, of my treatment that I do. And if you ever see me around or see me on the ice or on the bench during games, you'll notice that I I, wear a backpack looking device and I have a cord attached to my head and and that's a device that I wear called the Optune. And it's basically a a magnetic field device that helps um, the spread of cancer in my brain and has, has slowed the progression of the cancer. It's not a cure. Um, currently there is no cure for glioblastoma, but i mean, I'm doing everything I can to slow that process down. And with the hope of, you know, something better coming out, whether it's a drug, whether it's a new device, um, whatever it may be, um, you know, just trying to fight this thing as best as we can. And so far so good. So we'll just keep doing what we're doing. And Chad, uh,
1: I know Scott told you this. Um, I lost my wife to cancer. Um, it's not something that we talk about much on this program, not because I'm 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 trying to hide it or any of that nature. Um, just there hasn't been a reason to to go into it. Um, and if if you're if you're a person that's listening to this and is not familiar with having to go through that fight. Um, your first battle is to slow it down and, and, and I can only go by what I had, the conversations I had with my wife. And there were a lot of times she's like, why am I doing this? The cancer didn't bother me as much as the treatment. I would imagine there had to be some of that too. Right.
3: Yeah. You know, this. Every cancer is, is different. And, and the treatments, uh, you know, some are, are harder on the body than others. Um, you know, one thing with glioblastoma, it, it just for me personally, the, the, the diagnosis, it had the can you know, the cancer, it's, it's a, a real aggressive form of cancer. Yeah. With that being said, there's, there's kind of a limited number of treatments options that you have a lot of a lot of the drugs and the therapies that, that are used for other parts of the body um they're not able to be used on the brain the brain's just a different animal there's a different um we have something in our brain called the, the blood brain barrier right. and what that does is it prevents um certain drugs from living in the brain uh you know so and that includes medicine. So you know, mm-hmm. for for drugs to get into the brain and kill cancer cells, there's there's nothing right now effective at doing that. And so, anyways, the the treatment for me, it, it actually wasn't as bad as I as I maybe anticipated it being. Yeah, really? I I lost my hair. I had some effects. Um, you know, it was maybe a little run down at times, but. But overall, um, I felt, I felt pretty good and I don't have any really lasting effects. Um, you know, it might have some brain fog or something like that from time to time. But, uh, other than that, uh, the biggest pain for me in this treatment is, is really the device that I'm, that I got to, that I have to wear. It's, uh, it's more just a nuisance and a hassle you know, more than anything, um, but if it's working, you know, what the heck, I'm maybe a little more uncomfortable, but yeah, it's, it's better than doing nothing, you know?
1: Oh, I, I, I told, like I said, I, I totally understand. And, 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 you know, whatever good vibes I can send to your wife and your kids and yourself from here, believe me, I, you know, I, I'm doing it all the time because, uh, he like said, "I've been on the other end, and um, you know, it's really easy to get angry." For and, sure.
3: Yeah. No. Thank you. Thank you for that support.
1: And and, and to not get angry is is as much a part of the battle as as anything else, because you could sit there and 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 you know this and be like, "What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong?" And and, and we know that. It doesn't matter it, it it didn't doesn't have to be anything you did and it just is okay let me see if i can
2: lighten this up a little bit because, oh yeah i can lighten uh, it up too scott <laughs> don't worry I, 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 I was getting there i know. I, I, just, I know, you know. I, I know i know paul i i was just gonna say chad i know what you've been through and i, and I appreciate you sharing i know our audience does as well because um you are a uh a living, breathing soul that that's fought through as many things as you need to fight through and just keep up the good work on that part of it. I will tell you, though, the rumor is you lost your hair because you're just trying to be a better-looking Jacques Lamoureux.
3: <laughs> is that, oh, is that. that true at all? <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you one thing. Our coaching, our coaching staff in Fargo this year is probably the youngest staff in the league. And we are the baldest staff in the league. <laughs> and the Three other thing, of us. None, none of us had hair. The other yeah. thing I got
2: to tell you is that that nice uh, flat top hat that you have really is distinguished. And uh, I hope they let you keep that at the Air Force Academy.
3: Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I love I've, that. I've, had, I've had quite a few compliments on it. Um, yeah, well, I... I don't know what else, what I'm gonna do if they. It's kind of like <laughs> my look now. It's my thing. So yeah, that's you. <laughs> yeah, so I don't. I'm hoping they'll let me let me wear it there. I guess I haven't asked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they probably got an Air Force one coming your way. We'll see what happens. But um, I, I, before we before we wrap things up with you, and again, we appreciate your time uh, so much. I didn't realize you were traveling, or I certainly would have given you more time than this. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate you coming on. But I, wanna, I want you to explain to our listeners, because uh, Arizona is a growing hockey community, and we've got some really good players that have come through here. And I just don't think that maybe our listening audience gets – completely what it's like to play youth and high school hockey in the state of North Dakota. And I lived it for a little while covering uh, hockey up there for four years, but um, tell our listeners about that, especially coming from Grafton park river and, and and having to go to a state tournament and
3: just how big a deal that is in North Dakota. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, something that most relates to it is, is Minnesota high school hockey. I mean, obviously we're, we're right next door. Um, you know, Minnesota high school hockey is a little more popular. It's on TV. More people know more about it. Um, uh, but, but North Dakota hockey really has the same model. So it's community-based hockey. So yeah, like you said, I'm from Grafton Park River. I grew up from the time I was three years old playing hockey, uh, just with my buddies in Grafton played on the same team, or sort of kind of with the same group of players every year and it wasn't like you see in these club teams you know my buddy's dad was the coach my dad was the assistant coach so you know that's and that's kind of how it was every year coaches I don't either weren't getting paid or weren't getting paid much you know they were just they, they had kids in the program they wanted to help out and then um, and then you know once you got a little older <laughs> Um, then you, you did have coaches, but again, these, these coaches are just kind of doing it because they love hockey and they want to help kids. And the other, the other part being from an area like that is, uh, you know, we all know, especially in the areas you're talking about, hockey is an expensive sport and a lot of families aren't, they're not able to do it. And in North Dakota, um, almost everybody has the opportunity to play hockey um, because they they do other things. They do fundraising. They have raffles. They do all sorts of community events to raise money for the hockey programs to get the cost down for the players and for the families so that every kid that wants to play has an opportunity to play. And just a little bit about Grafton, um, you said, so Grafton's a small town, 4,500 people roughly. Um, And in North Dakota, there's no class A, class AA, class B for, for hockey. It's all one class. And so we always had to play against the big schools. Um, Margos, the Grand Forks, the Bismarck, the Minots, all that. And, and, and Grafton was always just from, as far as I can remember, I've been going back to the seventies. My dad was on the 79 or sorry, the 78 state championship team. uh, The first one in Grafton's history. Um, You know, and then I 30 years later ended up being on the 2008 state championship team. And that was our school's fifth state title. And, and all this kind of being the underdog small town that had to play against the big schools with, you know, a lot more players to choose from and, and that sort of thing. So we always had that underdog mentality in Grafton. And like I mentioned before, like you play, you're always, your goal is to play, for, play in the state championship game, win a state championship. And you play with the same group of guys from the time you're three, four years old. So the thing, when you're able to win it, you know, when you're 16, 17, 18, it's just – it's an incredible experience. And, like, we won it at the Ralph Engelstad Arena, which you guys are familiar <laughs> with. And they packed See, the lower right. bowl there. And, yeah, so it's it's just – it's cool. It's kind of like, like I said, Minnesota high school hockey, almost like Texas football, you know, that sort of vibe to it
2: okay chad okay. Right, Wait. you gotta you gotta settle this for me because paul oh, and geez. i have a running here feud go. here uh every time i come to, to north dakota i say i'm going to the ralph and, and he he gets offended by that he thinks that it should be the ralph anglesett arena the guy
1: which, has a name he helped build one one the building for crying out loud <laughs> say his name
3: hey when i'm in the area it's the ralph when i'm talking to people not from the area it's the Ralph Ingolstead Arena. Is that fair? <laughs> fair no. Enough. No, yeah. It's, yeah, not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. If way- I'm in North Dakota or Minnesota, it's the Ralph. <laughs> Ralph
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'm right. going to have to talk about this too. By the way um, – <laughs> one year in, uh, on my job in the building I was in the school building I was working and we had 4,600 students in the building every day. So um, <laughs> I'm just that this is that's just a fact of life when,
3: uh, you, when you grow up in New York. So or
1: at least New York City. Yeah, I think
3: I graduated with 70. <laughs> yeah.
1: OK, so I'm going to ask the opposite end question here, Chad, before before uh, as my last question. Um, you served on active duty in at. Uh, L.A. Air Force Base and helped coach a couple of the youth uh, programs there. And I asked this question because you have three Californians and an Arizonan coming into your, uh, you know, freshman class this year. Uh, Was there – what, if anything, surprised you in the time that you were involved in the L.A. Junior Kings and and, uh, the California Patriots?
3: Yeah, I – Well, I think the biggest surprise is probably just the expenses to play the game. Um, well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but also, um, the emphasis on skill development and like individual, uh, skill development. So like private clinics, private lessons, like that, that was all new to me, right? Like I'm, yeah. The North Dakota kid You just play team hockey and then you play outside or go to like pick up hockey yeah. with your pals. And you're not like scheduling uh, just like stick time or skill time with coaches and you're doing that like two or three times a week at various arenas, like in the LA Metro area. And so it was just like a, kind of hockey world there you know compared to up north it's just i
1: i know it's really different i i do understand it. i i'm i'm you know it's it's just uh, one of the questions that was in the uh you know in, in, on my radar is as, as as i was doing some research <laughs> because you know like i said i mean like i said i grew up here in new york and mostly in 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 queens and no, we had I, we, we had roller skates. I mean, and we, yeah. this was long before inline skate. By the way, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's he's talking about the time
2: they put newspapers for shin pads, Chad, and all that stuff, or towels, <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> or towels. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Another big, uh, just one other point. Like another big difference is like up, you know, where I'm from is, you could play within two hours. You could play against like twenty different like youth hockey teams or more in that area and, and you know the southwest area of the country and the la's and the arizona's in that like the travel is just insane to go and play other teams there's, there's just not that many teams and you play a lot of the same teams over and over and over unless you're traveling to different showcases and that sort of things which as you know as you get older then that's that's what the AAA programs are doing. They're flying all over the place, and it's just it's just crazy, kind of what those programs are able to do.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, totally, totally agree with you. Okay, I know we kept you longer than I promised. I appreciate your time as uh, as always, oh, and good. you're gonna see a lot of me now because I'm gonna be making my swing through uh, um, Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, New Mexico, back again to California. <laughs> So you'll see me around the rink a few times a month probably. So I look forward to seeing you again in person. The last time I saw you, I think you were 17 years old maybe. So um, <laughs> we'll look forward to it, Chad. Thanks so much, and, and
1: keep staying healthy, okay?
3: You bet. Awesome, guys. Thanks. I appreciate you
1: having me on. Thanks, Chad, and thank your wife and your family for letting you do this for your first <laughs> Absolutely. day in Colorado Springs. Holy smokes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll right. tell you said that.
2: And take it easy on Frank tomorrow. Don't rough him up too much.
3: (laughs) I I won't.
2: (laughs) All right. All right. We're going to take a quick break. That's Chad Demers, the new uh, director of hockey at the Air Force Academy, joining us tonight. Paul and I will take a quick break and we'll come back and wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Live in about three minutes. At the heart of
0: any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Canción Tequila is the brand for you. Award winning Roger Klein's Canción Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com roger klein's on tequila award-winning taste since 2011 i can't wait to get to las vegas and check out the fortress going to see the golden knights no stopping at jesse ray's barbecue for lunch oh that fortress that combination of brisket hot links fries mac and cheese surrounded by offensive of ribs i'm in exactly You're listening to College Hockey Southwest
2: Live. All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by our friends at Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein not on beautiful Long Island, New York. Paul, no surprise, we go a little long when we ever have a great guest that continues yeah. to give us good stuff. Uh, we
1: just go on. But yeah. uh, you also know my uh, my prod. After yeah, the, I do uh, and, and and you want me to I don't I n- honestly know what there is to recap about <laughs> what we just did.
2: I I, I, mean, I just want to know I just want to know what you heard because everybody hears something different. You heard something I'm sure and I'm heard something. So, just what did you take away from Chad Demers? Well,
1: uh, what I took away from and, and I don't know how you can take anything else away other than um, to 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 fight through everything he's doing is just remarkable and 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 to take it to where he's got it now and 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 have it's it's hard to be that positive when you're going through uh, the medical issues like he is. Boy, you
2: hit that right on the head and I'm going to say that again because uh, what he's dealing with is a is it's a head injury basically. Yeah, it, it, you know it's attacking your head, and and anybody that knows anything about anything knows that you need that to function at everything that you do. And Obviously. I can't even imagine how scary no. that must have been the first time that he noticed it coming on. Okay, so so that's one thing, but the other thing, like you just said, is to to persevere through this. And you know, people forget. I mean, they see he got this job with director of hockey at Air Force, and they don't know that he's wearing a pack on his back that, that's helping him with his uh, slowing of the, the disease and, yeah. and things like that. I mean, and you'd never know it. I mean, he, he looks to me just like, and he sounds to me just like um, any other hockey coach, right?
1: Well, I've got a job yeah, to do. Yeah, and, and, and uh, I mean, I, I know it's not his intentions, you know, no, no, like you said, knowing that that he was actually traveling today and to give us 45 minutes uh, on, on under those circumstances. Uh, wow. I mean, just wow. Pure and simple. Just wow. OK, I'm going to say it
2: out loud. Like I've told you many times when uh, whenever we make a phone call to any of our, our places, um And I just make it to go like I I called Frank or I texted Frank and I said, hey, congratulations on hiring Chad. Um, When you get a chance, could you uh, see if he might be interested in coming on our show sometime? That's how my conversation went. And five minutes later, I get a text from from Frank going like, well, he can't do it tonight, but uh, he definitely wants to come on. Here's his contact information. Give him a call. <laughs> and that's exactly how it happened. And I told Chad, I said, whenever you want to come on, it's up to you. We do Sunday and Tuesday night for NCAA hockey. Yeah. We'll take you whenever. And he said, How about Sunday night? And I was like, Okay. Okay. But, I, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. What a class act. And, you know, the Air Force Academy's got a real winner, not only somebody that can relate, having played 156 consecutive games and also ranking fifth in points. Um, as a Falcon, I mean, even though I know he's not recruiting and I know he's maybe not on the bench coaching, but just as a sounding board for, for players that get in that locker room and they go, hey, you know, they're having a rough day maybe at the academy and they can come to a guy like that and, and say, what did you do? What did you do during these four years? Why were you so successful?
1: Yeah, and absolutely. That, that's an
2: asset. That is oh, a huge
1: sure. asset. For sure, because there's a guy that that's been through it exactly what they're going through and more much more yeah
2: much more is correct so i can't wait to catch up with them like i said if you would have seen what i witnessed as as he was 13 14 15 16 years old and, and leading north dakota players and and he's not joking they they came from a he came from a very small town um, imagine having your same class your same group of guys 20 of them pretty much playing together all the way through and finally culminating with a state championship. I mean, I can't even imagine how how that must have felt. All
1: I could think of as he was going through was Hoosiers on ice. Yeah.
2: Yep. Good one. Very good you know,
1: analogy. You know. And uh, I you know, I would think that at some point
2: there might be some separation anxiety because you grew up with these guys, right? And well, to win a championship and then all of a sudden it's all over and you guys all go your own directions. Yeah, and he he
1: didn't exactly stay local.
2: <laughs> no. Well, he moved down to Fargo, and I know wow. a lot of people were excited in North Dakota were happy to see him play for the Fargo Force because he got there right when they got their new building uh, and uh, and ushered it in with some success, and then uh, to go to the Air Force Academy right. uh, was just serving his country, and right. man, oh man, I mean, you, you go play hockey, serve your country, and do what he did, and then you have to put up with what he's dealing with right now. Um, our thoughts and prayers are going to be with him forever.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure.
2: Okay, no easy way to transition, but it's the end of the night, so I'll let you take it away, my friend. All right, Behind the
1: Masks, College Hockey Southwest, live on the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network, brought to you by Burrito Express, homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to BurritoExpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the Mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, and now available at our new spot at all Allegiant Stadium events. By the NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Boost Mobile, bring your current phone to any location and learn how to get a new SIM card free when you switch to Boost Mobile. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, fabulous Las Vegas atmosphere. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. is where the action is, in the resort or in town. College Hockey Southwest Live presented by Behind the Mask and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at iTunes, the Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts behind the masks college hockey Southwest live and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the ice Time hockey SW.com network.
2: Very well done. My friend, our thanks again to the uh, newest air force, um, hockey coach, I guess we call him director of hockey, um, Chad Demers for joining us tonight. Um, uh, You know, we thank everybody for listening and tuning in. I want to say that we did just go over 16,000 downloads. So that's another milestone. We just continue to climb, climb, climb. And, of course, we do have our drive on Twitter to get all of our Twitter accounts up to 10,000. My goal is October 1st. we got a ways to go, but let's keep pushing it. All it is is to press a button, and you can uh, get everything that you need to know about hockey in the Southwest from the college and professional ranks. Yep. Okay.
1: Good night, everybody. Good night. We'll be right back. back.